This is because I want to. Hello, and welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And we have returned two weeks in a row. We're doing so good. (laughs) Back to a schedule, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, some semblance of a schedule anyway. Can't promise anything. We'll see where life takes us. I think that's a good policy to have. <laughs> see see where the road does wind. So what's up? What's new? Yo, nothing. I, that's not true. I like <laughs> set up my classroom <laughs> and like shit like that. But like in the grand scheme of things, not that much. I've been napping a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. You had quite came the home long yesterday. nap yesterday. Yo! It was so good, though. It's like a five-hour nap. I don't, like, recommend it, but yeah. it was great. If you I start, took a much shorter one today. If you start getting into the habit of, like, five-hour naps, it's, like, really hard to get out of it. So here's the thing. I've been trying to take a break from sleep aids. So normally I always take something And I have been taking melatonin, but melatonin gives me really trippy dreams, and it makes me, like, groggy Mm. in the morning. So I've been trying to take nothing. But that means it takes me about four hours to fall asleep. So I've just been really tired. Yikes. Yeah, man. I took, um, like, a sleep aid relatively recently. I forget what it was, but I felt... Like, I slept really hard, but I felt so out of it the next morning. Like, it Mm -hmm. took a while to feel normal again. Yeah, I... So, you know, I have, like, autoimmune bullshit going on that's, like, allergy-induced. So, normally I take, like, Benadryl, like, every fucking day. Um, And I was taking a break from that. And I do have a prescribed sleep aid, but I don't want to take it because I know myself. Mm -hmm. And that's a slippery slope for me with sleep, so... Yeah, I don't know about if things like that, I know some things, I think like melatonin say they're not habit forming, but how can they not be, you know, right? Like if you take it every night and you get used to having to do it. Yeah, it's very much, I don't know, like physically how much it is, but like mentally it definitely is. Yeah. So if you get used to having to take it every night and then you know I haven't taken it then that's I mean how can that not affect you yeah it's it's a trip last I don't know if it was last summer the summer before that I tried to go the whole summer without taking any sleep aids and I was literally going to sleep at like four in the morning I was just like all right yeah it's not for me I guess (laughs) when do you start trying to wind down to get ready for bed like what time I sh- so during the summer I shower at nine, mm-hmm. and then I go to bed after that. Yeah, I don't know. That's like a normal <laughs> bedtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just takes a while for my brain to like cycle down. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like listen to an audiobook until the like task of listening to the audiobook is just too hard. I'm tired and then I can like go to sleep. (laughs) 
I've been wanting to try out, there are podcasts for sleeping where it'll tell you a story, but the story is kind of like relaxing and pointless and it gets more and more Mm -hmm. like nonsensical as you go on. So I've been meaning to try that. What's that app? The Calm app that has stories like that on it. Yeah. There's um where nothing a, happens. <laughs> there's a couple podcasts like that. Yeah. I listened to the Pride and Prejudice audiobook just over and over. Isn't it weird how just certain things prime you for sleep? Like lately for me, <laughs> these things don't make any sense. But like there's certain Facebook groups where as I scroll through them, I know you're not supposed to like be on your phone, but as I like read certain posts of certain things it makes me like want to go to sleep interesting yeah yeah i mean there's no accounting for it i listen to history autobiography or not autobiographies but biographies a lot you've probably seen them because we share a library account like oh yeah (laughs) not like (laughs) super often but yeah sarah has signed on to my I think it's like Libby account because in New Orleans I guess they have more books than they do in Westminster. Yes. Let me let me explain why I'm on <laughs> Lindsay's library account, which is like really weird. So the way digital libraries work is like different from place to place. So like in Maryland, all Maryland libraries share one digital library, which is like the Maryland Digital Consortium. So there's only like X number of books, whereas when you worked in New Orleans, your specific parish had a digital library Yeah, that was just for them. So there was just, yours always is more available than the Maryland one does. Yeah, occasionally I'll log on to download an audiobook and I'll be like, what is this? It's like, oh, that must be something Sarah's reading. (laughs) (laughs) Just me listening to another audiobook about Cleopatra. (laughs) Yeah, I now have a library card from New Orleans. I have one from where I live right now in Bartlesville, and then I have another one from where I work in Tulsa. So I have, like, three different library accounts going on. It's a great thing to have. Uh I'm all for library representation. Library's a great thing, guys. Yep. (laughs) I did, though, have to cave and buy the Dune audiobook last night because I tried to get it from the library, and it was... I guess 16 week <laughs> wait yeah. or something like that so because there's a movie or a tv series or something coming out right there's a movie coming out yeah with timothy chalamet our boyfriend yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> love him He's playing paul atreides Good yeah i not read the book but i'm pretty sure we've talked about it and it sounds really cool Yeah, I went through, like, a stage in high school where I was really, really into the miniseries Children of Dune that was on sci-fi. And that is, like, like the fourth book in the series or something like that. You're specifically into the fourth book. The, I've never read it. It's just the miniseries. I couldn't even tell you, honestly, that's the fourth book. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, I was really into it. It had a, um... Young, what's his name? He played Professor X, not Patrick Stewart, the young Professor oh, X. Oh, um. <laughs> he's, he's Irish. Or James Scottish. James McAvoy? Yes, it yeah. had a young James McAvoy in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember when he was the thing. He was all over the place. Yeah. I wonder what High school me really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I really 
and like listening to the audiobook and like the pronunciations of everything are like sounds so familiar to me as to like a present day language and I can't figure out what it is mm. every time they say something I'm like what what is that mm-hmm. but yeah it's all that Turkish TV I've been watching because that's a hole I've fallen down Yeah, I like how a lot of your snaps now are like, I want to watch this Turkish TV show and I have to figure out how to navigate the app or I want to watch this Chinese TV show (laughs) and this Korean one. Yeah, I'm pretty like, usually I can find Korean stuff, no problem. Chinese stuff, normally I can find it. Um, Just the specific one I wanted to watch was on this one app that I have on Apple TV. And it's fine to navigate there. But the one for the Kindle is clearly the one intended for mainland China. Um, so that one did not work. So I had so to watch how, it on my phone. How do you decide that these are the shows you want to watch? Do you hear about them somewhere? Or are you just browsing? Yeah. So this, uh, I started watching a Turkish one on Netflix. And then somehow, this is how you know they're always listening, Instagram... <laughs> Knew that I was watching it. And so my reels started to show me, like, this one Turkish show. And I was like, that looks like something I would like. Uh-huh. So I put it on my list. And then uh, I guess because I like K-drama stuff, C-drama stuff tends to just get, like, tossed in there. Mm-hmm. So that shows up on my feed. And there was this one with this really cute kid in it. And I was like, that seems like something I would like. So I put it on the list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just... I have varied interests, I guess, around the world. Yeah, that's cool, though, that you, like, watch all this stuff from all over the place. Yeah, I like it. So what have you been up to? Oh, nothing. I've just been watching. I know you're not into Big Brother, but I will say this season is important because (laughs) I don't know if you've heard about this, but CBS has made this, like, um announcement or like promise that they're going to cast 50% people of color in their reality TV shows. That's good. You never watched Survivor, have you? (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, the only reality TV show that I ever habitually watched. No, there's two. Horsepower on Animal (laughs) Planet and Laguna Beach. That's it. That's all. Here's what I love. This is what, and I won't talk about reality TV much longer after this, because I know it's like niche, but this is what Jeff Probst says about Survivor. And it's so true is that it's interesting and especially Big Brother because it's a microcosm of society. So it's the whole thing is it's like a social experiment. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see this year with all the diversity on the cast and what is happening in the show versus every other year. And it's bringing the show back for me. I was kind of not into it for a while. Okay. I like that. I think in America as like diverse as we are, I think we actually have very few opportunities to like be in diverse communities. If that makes sense. Like, there are a lot of, like, different people here, but they tend to run in their own circles. Like, I remember when I went to UMBC, UMBC is probably, I think, one of the most diverse schools in the country. And it was like, huh, 
Yeah, well, and that's the whole thing. The original premise, you remember the show The Real World on MTV? Yeah, man. I actually, okay. okay. I used to watch Road Rules, Real World Challenge. Yes. I used to watch that. That's evolved into the show. It's just called The Challenge now, but it's really good. But anyways, like the real world, the original premise, they would always say is what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real and they'd get people from different backgrounds to be in the same house. And it was all, it's like, yeah, just about people and how they relate to each other. But now I... It's not really a thing anymore. I think it's on, like, Facebook, but it became, like, a party, like, hookup show. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it was different. Like, they would have, like, someone who's gay, and then they would have, like, the conservative, like, white guy who has to, like, you know, talk to them and live with them. And that was the whole thing. I think it's good to watch other people confront their... Not, like, issues, but... Bias? Yeah, and, like, watch somebody deal with those things. Because I think we so often just avoid them. So, yeah, that's what I've been into this week. And I watched all three Matrix movies in the last three days. <laughs> Woo! I finished the last How'd one find it? right before we started talking. <laughs> How did you find them? How do you feel? <sighs> They're so good. They're so fucking cool right the matrix is fucking cool (laughs) so i'm saying that shit holds up it really does okay i watched all three shall we talk about all three yes so today guys (laughs) figured that out by this point we're talking about the matrix movies so if you haven't seen them don't listen to this because i spoilers (laughs) yeah i mean again with anything else these movies came out, the third one came out, I think, in 2003. So if you haven't seen it by now, then whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Although you just watched them for the first time, so. No, I'd seen the first one, I think, twice. And then I saw the second one once, and then I never saw the third one. So this was my first time seeing Excellent. the third one. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well... Where do we begin with a discussion on The Matrix? I took a lot of notes. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you lead this discussion then. Okay. Well, my first thing has to be, I feel like the main question is, if you were Neo, or if you were anyone and you're presented with the red pill or the blue pill, which one do you take? So I've thought a lot about this. And I think I would definitely like want to know. Right? Like, I'd need to know. But I think very quickly, I would be Cypher. Like, I would be that person (laughs) who found out. I'd be like, fuck this noise. Like, I don't want to be here. This sucks. Here's the thing, is that when Morpheus presents the pills to Neo, he does not really inform him of the ramifications of the decision. He's just like, very mysteriously, if you want to know take the red pill but the life that they live is a hard hard life yeah it's like the world outside of the matrix is not great like it's not a pleasant place to be it's kind of gross you live underground (laughs) and it's nasty and they eat like (laughs) porridge yeah i just i would have to know i know myself i would have to know i would never be able to let it go but i would hate it I think if it were Morpheus talking to me 
And if he said to me what he said to Neo, I would want to take the red pill. But like you said, once you get there and you see what it really is, you would want to go back because why not live a life of relative ease and less anxiety where you're not fighting all the time for yeah, survival like might, and fighting the machines? If my life was really bad in the Matrix, right? Like, then maybe it'd be yeah. different. But, like, my life now? Uh-huh. No. No. <laughs> right. If the option is your life now versus unplugging from the Matrix and living, like, Cypher, yeah, I can see why he would become the Judas and turn against everyone to try to go back. Yeah, it... It's just like, it's, and here's the thing, too, with the Matrix. It's not like they're being, I mean, they are in a way being tortured, but not in, like, your life is fine. Like, you're unaware. So it's a very interesting question because it's not like you're being kept in, like, a dungeon. Right. Um, I would argue the real life is kind of like being kept in a dungeon. Um, well, that's the whole thing is that in the beginning, Neo's living life like we all live life and you don't realize you're in a prison. So then it makes you wonder, like, is my life a prison? <laughs> maybe it is a little bit. I think everybody's life is a prison a little bit. Because <laughs> you have bit. to live within the confines of your society. Your class, yeah, man. I mean, your job. I guess it. I guess it depends what we all make the prison in our life. Maybe we all have different prisons. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I were presented with those pills, just the lure of the mystery and Morpheus is so mysterious, and like he draws you in. He is very enigmatic. He's enigmatic. He's charismatic. I want to just follow him down the rabbit hole. He's got those cool sunglasses that don't have any sides on them. They just sit on his face. Which I was reading the trivia and I guess they, the movie was like entertaining different sunglass manufacturers for the contract to like be in the Matrix and the mm-hmm. um, company that, like, got the contract beat out, like, Ray-Bans and, like, some other big company. But, yeah, it was, like, a big thing to get that contract. I mean, the sunglasses in the Matrix are all very distinct. How like, it's almost a vibe. is the styling in general? The sunglasses, the Trinity's slicked-back hair, the, like, mm-hmm. trench coats, the boots. The leather. The leather. And pleather. There's a lot of pleather. The pleather. The latex. <laughs> the shiny, yeah. hard materials. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like skin tight everything. Uh-huh. You know what I always thought was interesting was they all wear like black skin tight stuff. Except for, and I forget her name, in the first movie before um, Cypher kills like a bunch of them. She dresses all oh, in white. Switch. She has like bl- switch, uh-huh. and she has blonde hair. And I was always like, "Why just her?" I was watching that one, and I was like, "When they're walking around the Matrix, and you see her, I was like, who is that?' You know, if there's like someone who sticks out, they're gonna like die soon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, happens. I don't know. And like the little mouse, <laughs> the oh. red woman, the woman in the red dress. Oh yeah, the um, yeah. A lot of people die in these movies, and they're all like hackers. Mm-hmm. Which was another thing I... I wanted to bring up. Like Neo's a hacker, Trinity's a hacker. Does the Matrix like favor? Or, like, you know, bringing out of the Matrix, like, hackers? Are they all hackers? I think you have to have a certain mindset to come out of the Matrix. So maybe people who are hackers and, like, work in that field just have lean more towards that mindset, maybe. Mm -hmm. Questioning what's what. (laughs) Because when... Trinity meets Neo at the club or whatever, and she almost is, like, recruiting him. He's like, oh, you're Trinity. Like, you did all mm-hmm. this stuff. They, those are all their, like, hacker names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, they all write, like, programs and stuff when they get um, into the real world. Like, that's how they learn, like, all of their moves and stuff. Yeah. Which the idea of has stuck with me to this day, being able to just like plug something in and know how to do something. I think that's something we'll get to eventually, something like that. Where you can just download stuff into your brain. Oh, that's worrying. I don't know that that's good. <laughs> Although I think it only worked so they would download stuff into their brain and then they could use it in the Matrix. I don't think they could use it like in the real world. Yeah, that's what I always wondered. So if you're downloading that information, okay, um, backtrack. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think that at its core, the way the matrix works is that, no, I'm going to backtrack again. Okay. (laughs) Back even further. (laughs) You can't rewind. I want to get this thought across well. Okay. So if, people are not familiar in the matrix machines have taken over the planet maybe we should have said this first (laughs) and basically um humans burnt out the sun to try and defeat them uh but instead machines started using humans like little battery powered Uh people um and they keep them in the matrix to keep them like chill basically (laughs) um and so Everybody else who's, like, an actual person not plugged into the Matrix lives underground in a city called Zion, which you don't even, like, see until the second movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, my dog's bark collar just buzzed her for no reason. Sorry, London. <laughs> Oops. She looks so betrayed. Um, so my question is, do you think that people's brains are essentially just, like, computer programs? Well, that's kind of the thing is as the trilogy goes on, the difference between programs and people becomes more blurred. Like Mm -hmm. you have the Oracle who you think is human and then you find out she's a program. But then you find out in the third one that she's going kind of rogue and acting against like the architect and making her own choices. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it makes you wonder what's really the difference between someone like Neo and someone like the Oracle, besides just how they originated. Yeah, and, like, they imply that programs can, like, fall in love and have children, because you meet Sati, who's, like, a child program, 
And so I think the whole point of it is like to make you question like what makes a person. Exactly. I think it's just showing evolution and how you might start off with AI like Agent Smith, but then it kind of takes on its own course. And then you get like Sati and her father and you get the Oracle and people who seem to it seems like the whole thing about humans is that they want choice. And then you start to have programs who want to make their own choices in the end. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, they- it turns out we're not so different and we can maybe align with certain programs. Like it, that, mm-hmm. that does happen. They do work together at the end. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. you look at, remember, um, <laughs> I was going to bring this up, the whole thing with, like, Persephone. Remember her? She, the Frenchman's wife. Yeah. Yeah. She, I assume, is a program, right? Like, the Frenchman. But she goes against him because she sees that Neo loves Trinity, and she wants a kiss from Neo, and she wants him to make her feel like he loves her, Mm -hmm. which seems very human. It doesn't seem very (laughs) computer-y. Well, and even Smith, when he has his, you know, realization or whatever, it's very human. Uh-huh. Like, he's an asshole, but it's yeah. a very human asshole move, like the stuff he does. Um, yeah. So basically, Agent Smith's, and I we're talking about kind of all three movies at once, but Agent Smith's thing... He became like a virus in the end and he was just infecting Mm -hmm. everything. So was his goal just to control everyone? What was his like point, I guess, is my question. Yeah, I guess he was. I whenever I watch the movies, I kind of think Neo is a virus. But Neo doesn't infect other characters, though. He's like a worm. He has influence on them where they support him and they kind of do whatever he wants. But Agent Smith actually like turns people against their will into him. Which I guess if you're a virus, you don't really have to have an end goal, so to speak, outside of control. You just want to spread. Yeah. As they mention... In the end, or like in the third movie, the Oracle tells Neo that Agent Smith is his, like, opposite, which I guess... His foil. His foil, yeah. So I guess, like, as Neo gets more powerful, Agent Smith gets more powerful because it's like... (laughs) This movie gets so complicated. Like, it's a math, and the architect talks about balancing equations. So you have Neo was kind of a wild card and then like agent smith is meant to kind of balance him and try to equal Mm -hmm. him out i guess is the point Mm -hmm. yeah it's like interesting because you find out that neo isn't the first Mm -hmm. one um he's like the seventh or eighth or something like that the sixth um the sixth and that the matrix this is like a you know not the first matrix they've had uh-huh. And, like, it's all happened before and, like, over and over. And Neo makes the same choice every time. Right. 
So, like, yes, yeah, so the previous five Neos, they choose, I think it's in the second movie, the whole, okay, <laughs> when I watched the first movie, I was like, what is Neo? Like, why does he exist? What makes him mm-hmm. special? And then in the second movie, you find out that he's basically been programmed by the architect who made the matrix to basically keep humans in check, like a way to control them. So like they follow him and then he goes back to the source and then his role is to destroy Zion. Mm -hmm. And then, okay. The architect goes on and on about like control. It's all about control. (laughs) Oh my God. I watched this movie last night, but it was late. And that, okay, the second movie is like two hours and 18 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And a lot goes on in that movie. Oh my God. When we got to the architect part, I was like, I have to go to bed and watch this tomorrow. So I like watch, rewatch that part today. But ugh, I forget the point I was trying to make. I was trying to understand. Okay. So yeah, like, okay. So the previous five Neos all decided to destroy Zion, Mm -hmm. but this one didn't. So, like, what makes him different? Is he evolving, too? He must be. Yeah, because he's different. Maybe it makes me wonder if, like, maybe the previous ones before him weren't in love because they make such a big thing about him and Trinity. So maybe he didn't have that connection, like, to make that choice. Right, because just because this is the sixth Neo, this is the first Trinity. Mm-hmm. So he just hasn't found his, like, reason for wanting the humans to live. I don't know. And then I have, like, the whole question of... In the third movie, okay? So we're, like, trucking along, right? We're like, Neo's <laughs> like Jesus, right? In your head, yeah. you just think he's like Jesus. He's the savior of people, whatever. Um, and you're trucking along. And then in the third movie, well, it might have happened at the tail end of the second movie. I watched these, like, a few months ago. Um, where he goes blind, right? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, that part was crazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts seeing anything... Like, he starts seeing code in the real world. Yeah. Which begs the question, is, like, is he even real? Yeah, I found that confusing. Like, I understood that he would have all these abilities in the Matrix. But then at the end of the second movie is when he discovers he can stop the Sentinels in the real Uh world. And then I think things kind of explode and he passes out. So he now has supernatural abilities in the real world, which I don't really understand why. So I thought about it a lot. (laughs) And I don't know that it's like supernatural. So he, in his situation as the one, right, must have, there's something different about him. Like there has to be. He controls things in the Matrix. He can fly in the Matrix. He can, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever in the Matrix. Um, More so than other people can, which always kind of confused me too because they 
they make a point of saying it's all about belief. Like, you just have to believe you can do it. So why can't mm-hmm. everybody else cross that level of belief? But whatever. So, in the something in his brain must be different. Because when he get, goes blind, it's not like he sees everything in the real world as code or whatever. It's only machines and things plugged into the matrix. So, maybe he's just seeing... Like, he can just plug into the Matrix with his special Cody brain. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, he doesn't go blind until the third movie. And it's like, this is something else I wanted to bring up is all the kind of Greek parallels with, you know, you have your seers in Mm -hmm. Greek, like legends who often are blind, like they're physically blind, but then there are other senses are heightened so once he becomes physically blind in our human world it's like he can sense more stuff with the machines Mm -hmm. like he can pick up on their energy and their light and all of that i guess it begs the question of like in what way does the matrix exist like does it exist in just like waves because I feel like, because he eventually <laughs> plugs in by himself, right? Right. Like he doesn't get, like, manually wired in. Like, he just goes there. So, right. is the Matrix so... just, like, like Bluetooth and he's just, like, snapping in? <laughs> because I, I feel like maybe. So, when he, at the end of the second movie, does his thing and he gets knocked out, in the third movie... He's in that in-between space. Like, he was in between the human world and the Matrix with that weird, like, train driver stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's able to kind of bridge those realities. But he, as of the third movie, I think he's just kind of learning how to do that. But I think in the second movie, the architect explains to him that they put more like code into him or more ability so he can so he can bend the rules of the matrix and i think he's learning on his own that he can also do cool shit in the real world too but it's kind of like tricky mm-hmm. in learning how to do it do you think he can do those things though because all of those things are plugged into the matrix all of what things the machines I think originally, like, that was the plan of the machines was to be able to control his abilities. But I think he's kind of doing more than they anticipated him doing, which is evidenced by Agent Smith being able to do more than what they had thought. Because at the end, Mm -hmm. Neo is like, hey, machines, like, I can take care of him. And they're like, what if you can't? Like, they don't know. Like, they didn't Mm -hmm. plan for it. So I think that Neo has kind of taken what they gave him and ran away with it. And then as a result, Agent Smith can do more. And it's just kind of, yeah. I don't think the machines knew what was going to happen. Maybe they, like, Neo and Agent Smith are gaining a new level of awareness just like the machines did when they gained awareness and took over people. Oh, shit. Is it, like, another level of 
being where it's like human and machine. That's kind of what I feel like it is. Yeah, could be. Because I kind of think at the end, they're going to have to combine to survive. Well, yeah, because at the end, they have to, yeah, exactly. They have to work together to, like, there's the truce between the machines and the humans of Zion so that Neo can defeat Agent Smith. And Neo now has abilities in both worlds. So, yeah, maybe he's, Mm -hmm. like, the new heightened human-machine hybrid. (laughs) I mean, he does get absorbed absorbed like you see them yeah like he dies and they take his body and like absorb him okay yeah like what happened at then i couldn't really tell so he they make this deal right um and he fights agent smith and he wins and trinity's like crying over his body um And the machines, after he dies, they take his body away into, like, the big mother machine. Like, the, I think the internet called it Duex Machina. The mother machine. Um, And they, like, absorb his body. And so I was like, are they reabsorbing the code? What are they doing? Like, are they making him a part of... I guess I missed that. I remember seeing his body, but I didn't really understand, like, what was happening to him at the end. So they That's took him assumed into the machine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that yeah. seems bad for humans. Yeah, and then you see Sati, because the Matrix reboots, right? Right. And then Sati's like, I made the rainbow for him. And then I think, doesn't the uh, seer oh. lady, I forget her name, doesn't she say something about like seeing him again? I feel like I need to watch that last like two minutes again because I didn't really understand. I thought it was just this is what I thought. I thought Neo passed out from the fight and then um, the rainbow thing was just them celebrating that everyone was alive still. So from what I understand, he has the deal with the architect, right? And so he fights and the deal is like the matrix reboots, right? Like restarts. Yeah. And the architect basically says like, if people don't want to be in the matrix, they can jerk themselves out of it now, which is a whole other thing. So I'm like, how would they even know? But anyway, he says that in um, the, he says that in the third movie. I think that's like implied that that's like part of the deal that if people want to, unplug, uh, they can. that whole architect part was like so complicated. Yeah. He like talks in a lot of, overly complicated ways but they're making another matrix movie i saw that it's coming out this year and my thought process is (laughs) that neo got absorbed right and so now he still exists but he only exists in the matrix like a program i don't know so, like, he is still, like, he's a program now. That's that's my prediction. Is Keanu Reeves in the one that's coming out? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to watch the last couple minutes of the third one. But it does seem like, okay, yes, he would have beat Agent Smith. He would be 
helpless at the end. So the machines would take him and they would use him however they want to. Mm -hmm. Would he become the next Agent Smith, maybe? I don't know if he'll become the next Agent Smith. I think maybe he gets absorbed into the Matrix in a way that they don't necessarily intend. Because they've clearly lost control of him. Here's the thing is like the whole point of Neo existing was as a method of control for humans that leave the matrix. So if Mm -hmm. he is no longer there, I feel like they need a new Neo or they need a new system Mm -hmm. for controlling them. Well, and they make a point about how hard it's been for the machines to figure out (laughs) how to like control humans, even in the matrix. Like, he's, like, originally we just made, like, a perfect world, but mm-hmm. everybody just kept fighting it. Um, and I, so... I love that, how they're, like, humans don't want things to be perfect. Humans want choice. And if that means mm-hmm. that they live in, like, misery sometimes, that's what's best for society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, <laughs> so deep. <laughs> All of it's so deep. Those... What are their last names? The Wazikowskis? Wachowskis? Oh, I have thoughts about them, but... Okay. I... (laughs) I always thought the Wachowskis were, like, brothers. And then I was reading the trivia the other day as I was rewatching, and I was like, oh, the sisters. Is that my own internal bias and sexism that I assumed they were men? But no, they're, like, trans women. Yeah. How cool is that? I think only that? one of them is trans. They're both. Are they? I didn't yeah. know that. Uh-huh. Huh. Because I know only Lena is doing the new Matrix movie. They're not both doing it. Oh, really? I wonder why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't into it. But how cool... I feel most, I feel like a lot of movies, and I think I've even read some statistics because I don't want to say if it's like inaccurate, but most movies are based off of books, but this was just, I mean, it's inspired by other things, but they wrote mm-hmm. the screenplay themselves. They are both just like geniuses. Have right? you seen um, Sensei on Netflix? I was reading because I was like, what else have they done? And it was like V for Vendetta, um, Atlas Cloud, and then Sense8, which I know you really like that show. I've never seen it. It's so unique. Like, it's not like anything else. Yeah. And it has so much representation in it. It's so good. I was noticing that about The Matrix is that the cast is like very diverse. Mm hmm. They're very good about that. I'm looking at the cast for the new Matrix movie, and Keanu Reeves is in it, Carrie Ann Moss is in it, Jada Pinkett Smith is in it. Oh my gosh. Uh, the, the Merovingian is in it, so the French guy. How is Carrie Ann Moss in it? Is she like a spirit or something, you think? Well, Trinity, you don't see her die, do you? I mean, it's heavily implied like she's speared through by like 10 different things and then neo leaves her oh i forgot about that i don't know (laughs) it's kind of funny because neo has the blindfold on but he has the sight and he's like hey trinity let's like go to our thing and she's like 
Neo, I'm not coming with you. And then the camera backs out 10 feet. You see she's speared by like 10 spikes. And you're like, oh, shit. I forgot about that. Maybe she also gets like absorbed. Maybe she becomes a program somehow. Maybe. Or maybe this is like a prequel or something. I don't know. What if the Matrix becomes like the afterlife where you can download someone's personality into a program Ooh, i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) spooky yeah okay can we talk about first movie brilliant third movie great second Mm -hmm. movie like what the hell was that (laughs) yeah i think they were trying to say a lot like in like a relatively short period of time for how much they were trying to say the second movie it explained a lot but they had like a 20 minute car scene action Uh chase where i was like okay and then they had like the weird rave in zion that goes on for like a while (laughs) that was sexy rave yeah it's like a sexy rave it's the sexy time (laughs) which i was watching the second one and i was like okay are we the whole styling of Zion was very, like, Jerusalem to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we in the Garden of Earthly Delights? Like, is this, like, hell? Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. A lot of the second movie, I think, was Neo accepting his place in things. Uh-huh. Like, he decides he's going to rescue Morpheus and that he can rescue Morpheus. Like, that's a doable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the big theme of it, and but yeah, the, the way they show Zion—I <laughs> mean Zion—just <laughs> calling it Zion. Um, yeah, a lot of biblical references. <laughs> Let's talk about the biblical references. We have Neo, who definitely seems like Jesus because he's resurrected yeah. in the first movie. Yeah, he's a hundred percent Jesus. You have. Cypher, who's like a Judas in the first movie because he betrays them and gives their position up. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss, or Trinity, I guess is like a... I don't want to say Mary Magdalene because she's not, but... She's the love interest and her name is also Trinity, like the Holy Trinity. Uh Uh-huh. And then you have like the disciples, like all of the people around Neo. Yeah, you have... In the second movie, people bringing him offerings Mm -hmm. and, like, wanting to be around him and him feeling this responsibility towards him. And, like I said, the whole, they're, like, in caves. They're dressed very, like, ancient. Mm -hmm. It's very much the uh, classic hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Joseph Campbell. Yeah, we've mentioned him before. I love me some Joseph Campbell. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of um, biblical references and then like Greek references too. Yeah, which is the classic hero's journey. <laughs> right. So you have the oracle, you have the seraph, the, the seraph, although that's biblical, that like guards her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the like guide, so... Uh-huh. In this case, Morpheus. In Star Wars, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. There's just so good. something about those archetypes that really like appeal to us. They really do. Our brains just like it. So let's see what other notes I have on here. Um, I think oh. it's interesting when Smith took over that one guy for a while. In the third book? Yeah, when he, like, so that, again, like, really, we're just all code. Yeah. Is a brain just code? A brain is just code. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, because as, okay, at the end of the second movie, Neo can manipulate stuff in the real world, and then Agent Smith can infect real humans, so he can go into the real world, too. And mm-hmm. as a real human, he and Neo can fight each other. Yeah. So I think our brains are just code. It's all just code. Yeah. We're all the same at the end of the day. Yeah. And as we get upgrades, like they got upgrades too. It's like an arms race. Maybe at the end of the day, the question of the Matrix is really just what makes a person. That's the classic question, right? Is like as you get AI, that was the question in like, iRobot and stuff is what makes Mm -hmm. something human versus a robot I don't think really much of anything you know and if a robot is acting human is it a manipulation thing or is it like authentic I mean uh, bug we're all electrical (laughs) signals it's just what we are so I don't know I guess I don't know. You know me. I'm not like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, the movies hold up really well. The only thing I watched in the first one where I was like, this is kind of cheesy. What were the effects at the end when Neo jumps into Agent Smith? And then Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know. He's like inside of his body and then it explodes. And I was like, okay, this looks kind of (laughs) weird. I love to watching The Matrix because it was just when like CGI technology was really peaking. And so especially in the second and third movie when Neo like flies and stuff. Like, you really yeah, I didn't like the Neo Superman thing. Like it's a cool idea. I just don't think technology was quite there yet. I just didn't I didn't like the idea either though. I didn't like The second movie felt like a weird, what genre are we in? Like, Neo flies like Superman, but we're in these, like, action-y car chase gun scenes. But then you also Mm -hmm. have the weird Zion council that feels Star Wars-y. Like, it just was, I don't know, all over the place. (laughs) You know what would have been cool? And realistically, he should have been able to do this if Neo could just teleport. That's what I was saying. I was like, okay, if ne- if Neo can manipulate the rules of the Matrix, why fly? Why can't he just teleport? It's a good question. Like, why does he have to fly? Why can't he just explode people with his brain? I, yeah, Which that's he does the in the real world when he explodes the machines. That's a good point. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, when you get to these, like, the level of power he's at... It becomes hard to 
like have dramatic scenes because he's just so all powerful. Mm-hmm. Like in the second movie, I didn't like the scene where he fought like a hundred Agent Smiths because once you do that, how can you have a legit like who's gonna win after that with mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. And it took him so long to fly away. Why don't you just fly away right away? I yeah, like why not? He never. He always fights Agent Smith, but he never kills him. So, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And the flying, Smith. the flying just looks so, like, dumb to me every time. I just couldn't. I don't know. It yeah. was silly. Silly looking. Yeah. It's that, that cheesy CGI. It wasn't quite there. <laughs> I think just the idea of him flying, though. I'm like, what movie am I in right now? how long do you think so do you think is i don't think morpheus is in the next movie boo so if he's not in the next movie then maybe my theory that like they him and trinity only exist in the matrix now like holds up maybe it'll take place like way later how perfect is Lawrence Fishburne in that role? He is that role. That's I can't him. imagine anybody else doing it. No. And I was reading, I was reading, we can talk about all the actors that could have been in the roles, but one of them was Russell Crowe as Morpheus. Absolutely not. And I guess he read the script and he was like, I don't understand. And so he didn't want to do it. <laughs> all for the best he played superman's dad and i believe that a little bit more for him <laughs> russell crowe mm-hmm. okay you know who else turned down the role of neo hmm will smith interesting he turned it down to do what movie do you think okay hang on it's 1999 <laughs> Let's go back in Independence Day. Worse. Independence Day was a good movie. Um, hang on. Wild Wild West. Correct. That movie is terrible. That movie is so (laughs) terrible. I mean, to be fair, Will Smith, he's done okay. Like, he's good. But, man. I guess, like, he said that... He turned it down, but that it was okay because he didn't feel like as an actor he was ready for that role. <laughs> hmm I feel like he could have done it. It would have been a very different movie, I feel like. Yeah. But I feel like he could have done it. Remember Wild Wild West and how popular that movie was? I can't mm-hmm. understand it. That movie's so terrible. That was like peak Will Smith. That was Will Smith coming off of Men in Black. Everyone saw that movie and that movie is so stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the song. Because he did the soundtrack song. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that was 1999. Like that Wild Wild West and The Matrix are like 1999 in a nutshell. Cultural wise. I remember listening to the soundtrack at Girl Scout camp. Wow. <laughs> what a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and getting jiggy with it. I miss Will Smith's music. Me too. Remember in high school his song Switch was like Yeah. 
With the jam at prom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to listen to that one again. But yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith is in the second and the third movies. And she's in the new one, apparently. Man, there's a lot of good movies coming out in December. What else is coming out? Uh, Dune. Right. I'm very excited. I think there's something Marvel coming out. No, that comes out in November. The Eternals. I read that Jada Pinkett Smith auditioned for Trinity, but she <laughs> was like not in good enough shape to be her because they had to do like a lot of running and stuff. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. It's very realistic, isn't it? We're going to need mm-hmm. you to run a lot. Mm, sorry. <laughs> I'm out. It's like watching this movie and you see like the choreography of the fight scenes makes me think of was like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon around the same time. It seems very like similar. Yeah, it had such like, remember what a big deal it was? The camera like spinning, like them freezing and then the camera spinning. That was such like an iconic thing. Yeah, like most of the time, I don't really like fight scenes, but in the first Matrix, I like them because the choreography is so cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh-huh. Super unique. Like, you you just know that it's the Matrix, you know? Mm-hmm. God, I keep seeing bugs in my house, and I'm, like, so paranoid that I'm going to have, I have fleas in my house. Ugh. So paranoid. I think they're just gnats, but. Oh, you want to hear who else were front runners or turned down the role of Neo? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I want to, I want to phrase this to you as like a trivia question. This person turned down the role to star in another blockbuster series at the same time. Another blockbuster series from the nineties. Early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I need more. Panned, but could have been great. Has, at the time, <laughs> people hated it, but now I feel like it's gotten an unfair rep. We've talked about it on this podcast. Is it Hayden Christensen? Close, Ewan McGregor. I do like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, he was going to be Neo, but then he wasn't a fan of Menace instead. Sorry, he's getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. We also have Leonardo DiCaprio. Turn it I down. I don't see him in this. No. He's too, um, he's not hard enough, although maybe he could be. I think he could be hard, just, like, not in the right way, I think. Like, Keanu Reeves, the only way I can describe him in this movie is sharp. Like, he's just sharp. Yeah. He also has the kind of, um, (laughs) disconnect, the kind of, like, not getting it-ishness. I don't know what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get at. Like, the kind of, I don't know. Not quite all there. (laughs) In the first movie, kind of doofy. Like, just... Well-meaning, but a little doofy for somebody who's a supposedly really gifted computer hacker. You know who this surprised me, who else was a frontrunner, was David Schwimmer. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Can you imagine? 
No, I cannot. You'd be like, uh, uh, what's the matrix? (laughs) (laughs) Although. Stay in your lane. He was good in, um, Band of Brothers. So maybe I haven't seen him in enough stuff to really. It's hard to not see him as Russ, but I'm sure he can do other stuff. I just don't think he's, again, I'm going to use this word, sharp enough. No, he's not sharp. And then another. I just think it had to be Keanu. Another one was Brad Pitt, who could have been good, but I feel like he's too good looking. (laughs) I agree. No. I just think everything in that movie, like Keanu Reeves is attractive, but he's attractive in a like unconventional kind of way. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it needed to be. Yeah, it's one of those movies where it's hard to picture anyone else as those roles, which means they did a good job because Carrie Ann Moss, like a million actresses, tried out for her role. Like Jennifer Lopez did, I think. Um, (laughs) I really liked how Carrie Ann Moss wasn't like your... Megan Fox and Transformers type. Yeah. She wasn't just like a sex object. Like she was a character of her own accord. <laughs> yeah. Like she like I th- almost wish they hadn't made such a like thing about like that sexy scene in the second movie. Yeah. Because I don't know like they were just in love in a very like not sexy way which i kind of liked yeah brock was talking about how they don't have a lot of chemistry which i think was a criticism at the time but i think it makes sense because the world is a hard world that they're in Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how people are i think in general yeah like you there are different kinds of love and not every love i think is like let's rip like each other's clothes off all the time you know yeah and i didn't The first, I would say, half of the second movie, I didn't like how she was kind of more his girlfriend. But then at the second half, she started doing more stuff. And in the third movie, she was badass again. But yeah, for a while there, she was kind of, I don't know, just there to be his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, she, I think for the most part, they did a good job keeping her as, you know, her own Mm -hmm. individual person. Yeah, they're individual people who love each other, but they're not... She's not just there for him. Like, she has mm-hmm. her own stuff she's doing. She's a badass lady, and we like she her. Is. We're here for Trinity. We are here for Trinity. We're Trinity stands. There should have been more badass ladies in those movies. Yeah, although we see them in the third one. We yes, have... oh my god. Niobe. When she does that, when she's piloting, that scene is great. Yeah, she's really cool. Um, Then we have the one dude's, like, girlfriend or a wife who helps Mm -hmm. back. But I don't remember. I think her name's Z. But then the fact I don't remember her name and I just watched it just shows she's not, like, a main character. Yeah, she, like, helps with the battle at the end. Right. 
But yeah, Niobe's cool, Trinity's cool. So we have those two strong female characters. Hopefully we shall have more in the new one. We have the Oracle. She is cool. And Sati. And Sati. So cute. Oh my god, I wonder what that little girl looks like now. Yeah, she'd be like our age almost. <laughs> I'll look it up. up. Yeah. I think Sati has two A's. Probably. Oh no, just one. Let's see. Sati, the Matrix, played by Tanvir K. Atwal. She's very pretty. Adult person now. <laughs> an adult person. <laughs> You're such a machine. She's an adult person. <laughs> Human. So she's 26. Um, yeah. Okay. Like her parents, they're like, we have to take her on the train because she doesn't have a purpose. So we need to save her from being deleted. But like, did they make her? Did they program her? Like, where'd she come from? I think they made her. So they are human for all intents and purposes. I think so. They made her because they wanted to and they saved her because they loved her. Like, they're human, basically. See? Just what is it to be human? (laughs) We don't know. These are the questions that the Matrix makes us ponder. And the Matrix was made like fucking 20 years ago. 1999. More than 20 years ago. There are certain movies that hold up, even with the special effects, they hold up with the story, they hold up with the themes, with the message. The Matrix is one of them. Jurassic Park is another. (laughs) God, I love Jurassic Park. I love that shit. We should do a Jurassic Park episode. I, every once in a while, just sit down and I'll watch all of them back to back. Yeah. It's a great fucking time. So good. Well, I think when the next Matrix comes out, we'll revisit this. We'll have to go see it. It's going to be on HBO Max, so maybe we'll watch it together. Is it, oh, it's not in theaters, it's just streaming? It's doing the both thing. It'll be both. Ooh. Okay. Maybe that's the thing we'll do. So we'll we'll come back in December and readdress the Matrix. I'm so excited because, like, love the first one, saw the second one back in the day, was like, what is this? Never saw the third one. But the third one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for the next one. I hope it's good. You should read Dune, and then we can do an episode about Dune. Dune's really long, isn't it? Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Although, Brock and I, like, tra- we, like, read books together, and we, like, alternate what books we pick. And we just finished the Harry Potter series. I've been picking Harry Potter books for all of my books. We just finished, so maybe Dune is the one to do next. Although I the might want to do, is good. I might want to do the cursed child first and then do it. Ugh. We can talk about ugh, just the, the cursed child. The cursed child gave me. I finished that should, and I was just like, should I nope, read this it? Doesn't... Should I not? Mm. Will it just be disappointing? I think it's gonna piss you off. 
Really? It pissed me off, yeah. Does it kind of taint the rest of the Harry Potter stuff? I kind of just deleted it. I was like, (laughs) I read this, I did not enjoy it or agree with it, delete. (laughs) So maybe what I should do is like not read it right after finishing the series. Maybe come back to it later. Maybe let let, let that shit marinate and come back. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep reading All the Young Dudes instead. <laughs> yes! You know who else is reading it is Taylor. <laughs> yes! Okay, maybe after she and I have read a lot of it, we should have Taylor be a guest on the show and we'll just ta- do an episode about All the Young Dudes and get more niche. I haven't niche. read it, though. I well, haven't read it in such a long time. Well... You can either read it or and as we talk about it, maybe you'll remember stuff. Oh God, I think you really sometimes underestimate the <laughs> amount of fan fiction I have consumed in my life. It's, it's been like 20 years, Lindsay. Hmm. Okay, we'll work on that idea a little bit. We'll see. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I'm listening to the Dune audiobook, and I really like that they have different voice actors for the different characters. I love that. That's how the Golden Compass books are, and I really enjoy it. It makes me feel like it's an old-timey radio show, and I love that. Same. My hamster's awake. Pizza. Have we talked about pizza 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 yet? I don't know that we talked about pizza. If I have a new hamster, if we haven't mentioned her, her name is Pizza. Yeah. She's a doll. She is, what color? She's white and brown, mm-hmm. like splotches. She has red eyes. Yeah. She posts a picture of her on our Instagram. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. This was a very chaotic discussion. They all are. I, I, the Matrix is one of those things I could keep talking about. Like, I could talk about the Matrix for hours, but we'll return to it. (laughs) Us talking about these things is very, very, like, indicative of how our brains work differently. (laughs) Because we go into these things with, like, I have such great intentions where I'm like, I'm going to let Lindsay lead the conversation. Because (laughs) Lindsay took notes. And I'm sure Lindsay has, like, an organized way she wants to talk about these things. And then I just ADD all over it. (laughs) I mean, I have notes, but it's not really that organized. Like, I kind of just jump in with stuff. So. I got nothing. I opened a tab on Google. Whatever, you guys. This is, like, just how we talk. So. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. True facts. True facts. All right. Well, everyone, we'll see you next week. Do all the things. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.